Welcome, welcome to the Newsworthy. All the day's news in less than 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. Today, we've got everything from Trump's tougher talk on Russia to a foldable screen smartphone. Those stories and many more in less than 10 minutes. Plus, hang out today after the news for a bonus interview. Discovery Shark Week starts Sunday, so this week my guest is someone who survived a shark attack and is now a host seen on Shark Week. I'm Erica Mandy. Today is Thursday, July 19th. You ready? Let's do this. President Trump's talk about Russia just got tougher. President Trump sat down for an interview on CBS News to discuss his private meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin earlier this week. He told CBS he does think Russia meddled in the 2016 presidential election and says he told Putin, quote, we're not going to have it. He also said there should be more talk about the other issues discussed at that meeting. President Trump has been dealing with some backlash from some members of both parties over his initial response to this issue after the meeting in Helsinki, Finland. During a joint press conference earlier this week, he seemed to shy away from criticizing Putin or blaming Russia for meddling. But since then, the president said he misspoke on at least one line. And yesterday, there was another incident the White House says was a miscommunication. Fox News says a reporter asked while she was leaving if he thought Russia was still targeting the U.S. today. Reporters say Trump appeared to answer no, which would contradict what the FBI director says. But the White House press secretary said actually Trump was saying no to just answering any more questions. There are new details now about a Russian woman living in the U.S. charged with working as a Russian agent. The charges say Maria Butina even tried to trade sex for influence and get a job with a U.S. special interest organization. NBC News reports investigators believe she had a Russian handler and everything, and that they would sometimes direct message each other on Twitter. But Butina's lawyer says she's just a foreign student who was networking and hoping for better relations between the two countries. She pleaded not guilty in court yesterday and is now in jail without bail. Twelve young boys and their soccer coach who were trapped in that flooded cave in Thailand for more than two weeks are finally now home. They were released from the hospital yesterday, and doctors say they're all in good health. All 13 of them took part in a press conference and were waving and smiling. Reuters reports they described telling each other to stay calm, and then they took turns digging at the cave walls in the hopes of getting out. They didn't have any food, so they just drank water that was dripping from the rocks in the cave. They did that for nine days before divers found them and brought them food. They described that moment when they heard the divers' voices as magical. Remember, the boys and their coach were in the cave another week while rescuers were figuring out how to get them out, and then they took three days to rescue all 13. There was another sadder moment during the news conference as well, when the boys held up a sketch of the Navy diver who died while working on that rescue. They wrote him messages and planned to give it to his family. They thanked all the divers, doctors, and volunteers who helped out. Today's episode is brought to you by John Lee Dumas and his new free training, Three Hours to Your Big Idea. Have you tried this yet? John Lee Dumas is the host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And through thousands of interviews, he's discovered why entrepreneurs succeed. And he says it's because they have a big idea and they go all in with a lot of focus. So he's created a step-by-step process to help you do the same thing, to discover your big idea, the one you'll feel excited about now and in the future, something you'll want to commit to. And you just need three hours to do this. Yep, three hours from right now, you could have your big idea and be on your way. So head on over to yourbigidea.io and check it out. That's yourbigidea.io. All right, now back to the news. 
Google just got hit with a record-breaking $5 billion fine in the EU, and they may have to pay even more. CNBC reports the European Union fined the company for allegedly abusing its power in the Android smartphone market. So what does that really mean? Well, EU officials say Google was making deals with manufacturers and forcing smartphone makers to pre-install Google apps like Chrome and Search in order to get access to the App Store. And officials say it unfairly cut off competitors. The EU told the company to either stop or they'll have to pay more. Already, the Wall Street Journal reports the $5 billion fine is 40% of Google's net profits last year. Google plans to fight back and appeal this decision, saying smartphone makers can and do pre-install other apps all the time. Samsung may be launching a foldable screen smartphone, and it may be coming as early as next year. The Wall Street Journal is citing sources saying it has a codename Winner, and that its screen is 7 inches, kind of like a small tablet, but then that screen can be folded in half kind of like a wallet. And even while it's folded, you can then see a small display bar and a camera. Reports say it's not like those old flip phones. This device would pretty much be all one screen when it's open, and the screen itself folds. Samsung is the world's largest phone maker, and at this point is not confirming the foldable screen phone. We'll see if it's ready to go by next year. The reusable rocket company Blue Origin just had a big win. TechCrunch reports this was a critical test for its rocket named New Shepard, and the company says all went well. This, of course, is Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos' other company. Blue Origin says there was just a test dummy named Mannequin Skywalker on board for now, but there could be a human crew ready for tests as early as the end of this year. Speaking of Amazon, it's teaming up with the car company Hyundai to create virtual showrooms, as in you basically can shop online with Amazon vehicles. CNET says users can book test drives, check local dealer inventories, and get a bunch of other info about the cars. It apparently even has Amazon's five-star rating system. The company says they're just trying to allow you to buy cars the same way you buy nearly everything else. Which, yes, people buy a lot on Amazon. Just this year's Prime Day alone, CNBC reports Amazon shoppers bought 100 million products. In fact, Amazon says it was the biggest shopping event in its history so far. The winners are in from last night's ESPY Awards, the annual celebration of all things sports. But it wasn't the typical awards that got the most attention. There were several more memorable moments. For example, a group of women who spoke out against the USA Gymnastics team doctor who sexually abused them filled the stage during the ceremony and accepted the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Retired NASCAR driver Danica Patrick was the host this year, the first female host of the ESPYs ever, by the way. And that's it for your main news roundup today, but it's now time for Three Question Thursday, where I ask a few questions of a different expert every Thursday after the news. Today, we have a fun one. You've probably heard of Shark Week on the Discovery Channel. Well, it starts this Sunday. Today's guest became a shark advocate and a Shark Week host only after he was attacked by a shark and lost two limbs back in 2009. Paul DeGelder was a Navy diver in Australia at the time. He's now an author, motivational speaker, and a host on Discovery Shark Week. So today we're talking about his attack, why he now chooses to come face-to-face -face with sharks, and the celebrity he worked with for this year's 30th anniversary of Shark Week. Hi, Paul. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about Shark Week and shark statistics. But before we get there, I really want to hear a little bit more about your story. You were attacked by a shark in 2009 in the Sydney Harbor. 
What goes through someone's mind, your mind, the moment you realized you were getting attacked by a shark? Kind of went blank because it was literally my worst nightmare. I'd never seen a dangerous shark before. So when it was actually attached to me and I looked down and saw it, it, it almost took a few seconds for my brain to process what I was seeing because I'd never seen anything like that before. So uh, it, it was the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen. When I, when I actually sprung into action after realizing what was going on, I, I thought, okay, I've I've seen the Crocodile Hunter, I've seen Shark Week, I'll try and jab it in the eyeball, but it actually had my hand in its mouth as well. So I, I couldn't fight it off with my right hand. My left hand couldn't reach the eyeball. And so I tried to push it off by the nose, but that just pushed the teeth of the lower jaw deeper into my leg. There's really nothing you could do, and I just thought that I was going to die. Uh, I literally accepted the fact that I wasn't going home that day. It lasted about eight to ten seconds, but fortunately, it, it, it removed my my hamstring, my hand, and swam away, and I was still alive. I popped to the surface and realized, hey, I'm not dead. I need to get out of here before it comes back. So I started to swim back to my safety boat um, with one hand, with one leg, and then I got to the boat, and that's when the real battle to keep me alive started, and my, my body sprung into action. All of their military medical training kicked in, and they kept me stable until the paramedics arrived, which was no small feat. A lot of people would look at this and assume that you would still be scared of sharks or that you would be angry with sharks, and instead you're now an advocate for them. Why? Well, look, after the shark attack, it... it I don't feel, everyone says it's an inspiring story. For me, it was hard and it was a struggle and my only goal was to get back to work and that, that was my driving force. But during that time as well, as I was recovering and everyone could see because it was it was so well publicized across the Australian media, everyone was watching me recover and just they were blown away at, at how fast it happened. So the media started coming to me every time there was a shark incident uh, or any time sharks were in the news, they wanted to get my opinion on it. And through out of out of necessity, basically, I had to learn about sharks uh, and their natures and their environments so that I didn't look like a big dumb on TV and I, I actually knew what I was talking about. So out of necessity, I learned about sharks and through that, I learned about how much they're, they're suffering in the world, how many of them are killed every single year, the, the population decrease and, and not just about how that affects sharks, but how that affects the oceans in general, how that affects you know, the, the domino effect down onto human beings as well. For me, I was given a voice. Uh, people listen to what I say on the, on the subject. And so I figure it's a terrible thing to have a voice and not use it and not teach people what's going on. Ignorance is not bliss. It's just ignorance. So if I can teach people about what I've learned, I can share my newfound love of sharks, then hopefully they'll fall in love with them too and they'll want to protect them. And it doesn't take big grand gestures either. It just kind of takes everyone doing a little piece here and there to help out. What did you learn about your own attack? And the shark that attacked you. They decided that it was a um, nine-foot bull shark that had actually attacked me. Um, I learned that they have more testosterone than an adult bull elephant, which makes them a, a very feisty shark. And now, having dove with them, I've learned to hand-feed bull sharks. And I've been in the water with 20 or 30 of them all at once within a foot of my face, opening their mouths and me hand-feeding them. Uh, so I've seen them in every aspect now, and you just can't help but uh, appreciate a, a dominant apex predator like that when you see it in the wild. It's really quite a beautiful thing. 
that's probably going to bring up the question for some people, why can you be that close and not be attacked? And then in another situation, be attacked. What's going through the shark's mind? Well, it's all about the situation. So for me, when I got attacked, I was in Sydney Harbour, which is quite murky water. Uh, it was the start of summer. Uh, it, was, uh, it was early morning, so the light levels were low. I was wearing a black wetsuit and I had a black pair of fins on and I was flapping around on the surface. And you know, what did I look like? A seal. I look like a, a big, fat, dumb seal <laughs> injured on the surface, flopping around. I'm an, I'm an easy target. So what I learned about sharks is they are an apex predator, but they don't actually want to put up a huge fight. They don't want to get injured for their meals. So they're opportunistic feeders as well. Uh, and that's what I look like. I look like an easy meal. But when you're in the water with sharks, one of the, the great lessons that my friend Andy Casagrande taught me was don't act like food and they won't treat you like food. And so I've learned to use my body, my demeanor. I've learned to read the uh, body language of the sharks as well. And so if you know how to do that, then you don't look like food. They won't treat you like food. They see you as just another animal that is not going to be an easy target. So that makes all the difference. So I know one of the roles of Shark Week is to educate people. What is your role with Discovery Shark Week this year? Where can we find you? And what does it take to put some of these shows together? Give us some behind the scenes. Yeah, it's not easy. Well, honestly... Me and my buddies, we literally risk our lives to give you these shows. This is no joke. This is no Bear Grylls going to stay in a hotel or having a, a support network some of the times. You can't have a support network when you're 110 feet down below the surface, surrounded by four male great white sharks and no cage. Just, just me and my buddy Andy, that's it. He's got a big camera to push the sharks away, and I've got a GoPro on a stick. So <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's, it's sometimes it's quite terrifying, but you have to trust in in the training you've been given by the people you work with, the knowledge that they've given to you. Um, so this year is going to be really cool. This year, uh, I got to coach Ronda Rousey, which was really amazing. That woman is incredible. So we taught her from the ground up how to scuba dive because she'd never done that before. Then we taught her how to get into the water and, and, and interact with bull sharks, blue sharks, mako sharks, lemon sharks, like a whole variety of species. We taught her all, all the finer points of diving and remaining calm under pressure it just it was a really cool show and it, it might seem like a, a little gimmicky like oh why is ronda rousey what's she got to do with shark week the thing is she has a huge following and if we can get her to love sharks if we can get her 10 million instagram followers to appreciate sharks through her eyes then that's a whole nother battle that we've won we, we've reached these 10 million followers that we might not have otherwise been able to reach just because we have this incredible woman on our show. And that's a win for shark conservation as far as I'm concerned. And that Ronda Rousey episode is this Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can also catch Paul next Thursday in what's being called the most dangerous Shark Week stunt ever. I'm linking to the full schedule in today's show notes if you want to watch. That's also where you can read more about today's guest and all the news stories we talked about today. From the homepage of thenewsworthy.com, click episodes and then find today's date. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends if you enjoyed it. The Newsworthy is ready for you by 4 in the morning Eastern time every weekday. So I'll be back with more news tomorrow. Have a great day.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio.